This message is brought to you by this excellent church. We excel at reshaping people's values and reconciling men to God. You're about to hear peace and preach. Be blessed. <laughs> Oh, the God that answers prayers to you shall all flesh gather unto Oh, Shiloh has come, and to him shall the gathering of the people. Oh, never Come on, the believers meeting, you sing in the Holy Ghost. Jesus, we join the host of heavens. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Abba. We worship you, Abba. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Faithful high priest. Faithful high priest, we worship you, Abba. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Kayana Mandela, faithful high priest. Faithful high priest. Abba Father, Abba Father, we worship you, Maker, Healer, Deliverer, Leader. Abba Father, faithful Faithful high priest, faithful high priest, let us consider the apostle and high priest of our profession this morning. Oh, 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 oh,
brethren partakers of the heavenly calling consider Jesus apostle and high priest of our confession hey. consider Jesus consider Jesus apostle because he was sent to us high priest because he appears before God for us I consider Jesus. Adonai, your reign is here. Adonai, your reign is here. My Lord, my Lord, your reign is here. My Lord, my Lord, your reign is here. Your will is done here on earth. As it is in heaven, heaven, your will is done here on earth. As it is in heaven, heaven, Adonai, your reign is here. Adonai, your reign is here. Let's sing it again. Adonai. Adonai, Adonai, your reign is here. Say, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, your reign is here. Sing it again, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, your reign is here. Your will is done, yeah. your will is done here on earth. As it is in heaven, ha, heaven, sing it again. Your will is done here on earth. As it is in heaven, heaven, Adonai, Adonai, your reign is here. Adonai, Adonai, your reign is here. Sing it again, Adonai, Adonai, your reign is here. Sing it again, Adonai, Adonai, your reign is here. Say, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, your reign is here. Sing it again, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, your reign is done yeah. your will is done here on earth as it is in heaven heaven your will is done your will is done here on earth as it is in heaven 
Adonai Adonai Your reign is here Adonai Adonai Your reign is here Yalamakovara Thelenius Abidividigitoya Davalagatoya Divalagadinoya Matile Veniku, Venikili, Manikudi Belebor, get an Thousands, 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 
sing it again. My beloved is my beloved. Yeah. The most beautiful among thousands, thousands and thousands and thousands. Yes, you are. Yes, you.
Took our pain and bore our sufferings. Come on, sing, sing. He takes away our pain and bears our suffering. He takes away our pain and bears our suffering. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 6. God has confirmed it to me today through various means that he's going to provide evidence that he's intentional about you. He's going to provide evidence. I'll just say some things to you. I'll just help you. Help you get your mind to be here. And then we'll do, we'll, we'll enjoy Carrie Sunday. Hallelujah. Jesus was speaking to, his, to the apostles, his disciples at the time. In Matthew chapter 6, and from verse 8, from verse 8, we can read what he says. He says, do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So he's talking about people in the world who keep babbling like pagans, and they think, heard that, you know, that they think that there are many speaks, that many words will make God to hear them. God, Jesus now says, don't be like them. You are not someone that needs to be repeating yourself, you know, because for God to hear you. God knows what you need even before you ask. Hallelujah. God knows what you need even before you ask. God knows what you need even before. Tell your neighbor, God knows what I need before, even before I ask. God knows what you need before you ask. You know, then verse 9, he now says, this then in how you should pray. So he's now saying that it's not by multiple words, thinking that your multiple words will get God to become more emotional to answer you. But he says that you should pray accurately, you should pray properly. And then he now says, this then is how you should pray. Hallelujah. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, revered is your name, worshipped is your name, adored is your name, revered, hallowed is your name. Your name is holy to us. You know, it says, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive those who are dead to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I want to lay emphasis on verse 10. He says, your kingdom come 
and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. I want to take them, you know, two seconds to appreciate my parents who are in church this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. They, they, they gave me, they gave us the gospel. And it's that gospel that we're preaching now. So if you're grateful for this ministry, you should be grateful for them. Hallelujah. They did not grow up like many of us who had parents that gave them the gospel. They actually had to contend for their Christianity. They came out of Muslim families, came out of pagan families, you know. After seeing all this weekend has been very interesting for me. You know, my parents telling me stuff. Hallelujah. Very interesting. Something casual, something happened this morning, very casually, that just got me thinking and shaking my head. See, you guys need to be careful. You need to be careful that complacency does not creep in into our Christianity. This morning when we were coming to church, they were casually debating about how the the scenarios and the events that that you know that, that they almost got killed for in, in the north for being for believing the gospel for persecution casually casually debating my mom was casually talking about how that she remembers the day that they had taken a bed the people were coming to the house you know they were already advancing towards the house to kill every christian in the house and my mom already thrown her the bed to the other compound and already my mom and i were already rehearsing how they were through the kids over the wall so they can land on the bed on the other side casually casually discussing it <laughs> and then my dad talked about the day that you know him and my uncle came home and the people had surrounded him about to match at him and my uncle ran i was like telling my dad to also run and i was like no that's not how we happened because it's not and we and no day they were arguing that no that's not how we happened this is what happened and all i was just thinking of is look at people casually arguing about how they almost killed you for the sake of Christ. And then here, because you don't have a job, you're getting angry. God does not exist. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's go back to verse 10. Praise God. So it's a joy for me that they are here to witness, you know, ministry. Despite the fact my parents always told me for a small that you you one day be a minister. My mom will be able to testify to it. I said, No, it's not possible. She said it's not possible. Say you'll be like Bishop Rodrigo and they say it's a lie. It's not possible. It can never happen. That's not my pattern. I'm going to be a doctor. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, let's get back on track. Verse 10. He says, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to encourage you on why, I, why you should take to this service very seriously. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the last two Sundays, I've been teaching about the will of God. And this is something I want to use to. It's perfect that God did not, you know, that we didn't have enough time. That today is the day that I can, I'm able to say it. And let me just tell you something. He says, your kingdom come. God has a preferred will. God has a preferred will. I've told you about how that God has a will for us as individuals. And how, how God has a common will for all of us, isn't it? Now, even at that level, in both the individual level and at the common will level, God actually has preferences because when God has created something, when God has a whole council, when God has a whole council, because of the fact that he has a whole council, he has to tolerate certain things that that council, you know, necessitates. That whole council of God necessitates certain things that God has to tolerate some of them and God prefers some of them. Church, out together. God has a whole council both at the corporate level, at the common level, for humanity, for the church, so to speak, and then at the individual level. He has a whole council. Now, within the content of that whole council, there are some things that God prefers, and there are some things that God tolerates. 
So Jesus is explaining to us here that God has a will in heaven that it is the it is it is the command of God of the Lord to us that we should pray that that preferred will is made to happen here on earth because some things are happening here on earth that are not his preferred will he tolerates them he tolerates those things to happen so do you understand what I'm saying to you? there are some things happening on the earth that are not his will in heaven that he's tolerating it he's permitting it but what he prefers is that thing that is happening in heaven and he says he wants us to he's praying, he asks us to pray so that that preferred will can happen that's what I mean when I've been telling you guys since all this. I've not had time to teach you properly like this. That's what I've been telling you guys since all this week. That, that in your life, eh, apart from the will of God is concerned, you have options. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You have options. You have options. I need this thing to sink in and understand. That's why you say, why did God create the knowledge of good and evil and create the tree of life? God had to tolerate the tree of the knowledge of good and evil so that his whole counsel, that man is made in his image, that means that man is an entity that has choices, that can choose for that whole counsel to be fulfilled. So God had to tolerate the tree of the knowledge of good and evil being in that garden. If the tree of knowledge of good and evil was not in that garden, the whole counsel of God will not be fulfilled. Because what you have is a robot that does not have choices. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? So when we talk about the will of God, right? You know, there are ways we talk about the will of God, referring to the whole counsel of God. Now, in this context, what I'm teaching today is the will of God with respect to his preferred will. His will in heaven for you. His preferred will for you. Listen to me. There are options. That is the reason why you can have it. You can be a child of God, and God will show His preferred will in the Scriptures manifestly, and your life is looking like something else, and it will be like as if God is not in control. God is still in control because He's the one that made that option where your life is to be possible. God is not a renegade or irresponsible father that abandons His responsibility. Do you understand? God will not say because I'm tolerating something, I'm not sovereign. It is not my will. God will take responsibility for his work. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? That's why in the Old Testament are the different ways you see something bad happens to people and the prophet will say it's the will of God. In our childishness, we'll try to explain it away and say it's angels and demons. The prophet said it's God. You say no, it's angels and demons. It's not angels and demons. What is happening there is that God had a preferred will for them. And there was a less preferred will. There's a will that is tolerated will. Oh, God, I need to start writing my own theology books. There is a preferred will of God. There is a tolerated will of God. And men can actually choose. And whichever one you choose, you are still within the whole counsel of God. So God is still sovereign. Do you understand what I'm saying? So God is still God. There is a preferred will of God. And there is a tolerated will of God. Whichever one you choose... God is still sovereign. This is the reason why you as a human being can have your agency. And God will still be what? God. We see this thing happen through the scriptures. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Call the Israelites together. Let's open it. You'll see something. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy is the fifth book of the Torah. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Look at verse 15. You see, see, I, the Lord speaking, set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. I set before you 
this if, if you know if you do proper bible study if you had started from all these parts you would not need to explain all the all the destruction that happened to the israelites away and says angels and demons you won't need to god already said i set it before you i set it before you i am sovereign and in my sovereign sovereignty i have set two things before you life and prosperity death and destruction so you can choose death and destruction. Church, are we together? The, the fact that we see that God is a is a is a, is you know is a good God and is the one from which light comes and everything and everything that we always say right does not mean that this is not an option. Church, are we together? You have options. You have options concerning the will of God for you. There is a preferred will. There's an abundance of good stuff that God has in mind. There's an abundance of good stuff. In 1 Samuel chapter 8, the same thing happened to the children of Israel. They came and they lamented to God that God, we want a king. We want a king. God says, my preferred will for you is to have judges. I want to be your king. I want to be the one in control. They said, no, Lord, we want a king. We want a king. We want a king. We want a king. I said, fine. It's an option that is available. I'm going to tolerate it and I'm going to give you. In fact, in that thing I've tolerated, I can still bring beauty out of it. Guess what? That tolerated will of God that brought about the family lineage of David is the family through which our Lord Yeshua came. Do you understand that? God is not your mate. So Jesus came through the line of David, but the people that asked for a king suffered. Did you hear what I just said now? Jesus came through the line of David, but the people that asked for a king, king did what? So far. Church, are we together? You know, that's the story of Isaiah. He said, the Lord to them, and the Bible tells us about Isaiah in the book of, um, 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 in the book of 2 Kings chapter 20, right? This, I think the story is also in Isaiah chapter 38 or thereabouts. The Bible tells us that God sent Isaiah to go and speak to Isaiah and say, see, get your family, get your, get your stuff together, you are good to die. And then Hezekiah turned to the Lord. People always read that scripture outside of the context of the New Testament of the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, God has made it clear that if my people will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their what? Land. It is implied since Moses showed up in Sinai. It is implied that when a man, when the Israelites do evil, when judgment comes, they can pray and the Lord will turn their story around. It was implied in their in the covenant. So when Hezekiah, the Bible says that Hezekiah turned to the wall and prayed and said, Lord, I served you. I did good. I did the things that you commanded. I don't want to die. The Bible says that while Isaiah was still at the courtyard, God sent him back and said, go and tell him, imagine 15 years to his life. So God did not change his mind. It was an option that was always there for Hezekiah. Did you hear what I just said? God did not change his mind. It was an option that was implied in the covenant. So this is what it looks like when it seems that a lot of people were changing their story by spiritual exercise, by giving themselves to the things of God in the, in the, in the, in the, in the new covenant. It seems like as if people were changing their story. It's like as if man used his own will and agency to change God's mind. God's mind can never change. The issue is that what that man did was that by exercising the gift of God, he went from the tolerated will of God to the preferred will of God. 
Church, I get what I'm saying to you. And then last few weeks, I've been telling you. Now, you know, that's why I want you to take it on an individual level now. In last weeks, I've been telling you that there is a will of God that pertains to you on an individual level. <laughs> on that individual level, there is the preferred one and there is the tolerated one. But now, most of you, or maybe all of you, if you are paying attention, I hope it's all of you, by now can already start telling the things that are the preferred will. You already know where you should be. You know what things should be. You know when some things are not going right. Even though you are not there yet. You can tell that something is off. That something is not right. Listen to me. That is why we have the local church. That's why we have events like this. So that you can take advantage of what believers do. What people that know God, you know what they do. The things they exercise that enables them to move from that tolerated place to that preferred place. Church out together. And one of the very important, hi, God has confirmed this word so many times in today's service, just this morning, from the opening prayer to now. One of the things that you do, hmm, which is what I want to beg you this morning to do, is attention. What are you regarding? What is your focus on? Where is your mind? Because what you regard, what you contemplate, what you put your attention on, determines what you profit from. It determines what you see. It determines how you move. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. It's from verse 1 saying, Since you have been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on those things above and not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ, hidden with Christ in God. When Christ with your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So he says that, see, your life has changed now. You're not in a certain place now. But there's one thing for your life to be in a certain place. It's another thing for you to set your mind on that place where you're meant to be. So the, the actualization, the quality of life that you actually live on the earth, even though your life is in heaven, stay with Christ. The quality of life that you live on the earth, the worthiness of your work with God, actually is determined by where you set your mind to be. What you set your mind on. He now goes on to say, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And then he goes on to begin to say a lot of things. So that means that even though it is possible for a believer to live as if they are in their earthly nature, God tolerates that. Even though what he prefers for you is that trying to live according to your supernatural nature. Do you understand that? And Paul tells us here, the beginning of living in that supernatural nature, the beginning of having a work that is worthy of the Lord is actually setting your mind on things above. Because what you set your mind on determines what you profit from. Church, I get what I'm saying to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Where you put your mind what you are looking at, where your mind, what, what your mind is present on. That's why you can be awake and be asleep. Your eyes can be open, but spiritually you are asleep. Because if your mind is, you are awake, so to speak, but your mind is not present, it's as good as you are asleep. That is the reason why a person can be crossing the road absent-mindedly. 
His mind is not there. His mind is not present on the road that he's crossing. And he's crossing the road and cars are coming and the car can hit him. He will have the same outcome as someone that is asleep and they just put him on the road. Do you understand that? Why? Because he's awake but he's asleep. That's exactly what happens to a lot of us. We are awake in that we are awake. But when it comes to the things that Christ has done, the presence of God inside of us, the presence of the Holy Spirit inside of us, and the, all the things that Christ has accomplished for us in salvation, we are asleep compared to content in, concerning those things. Because our mind is not there. We don't think about it. Our mind is not present. Our mind is just absent. So all those preferred places that God will have us be are available, but we are not there because we are absent-minded. Church, I was together. Philippians chapter 4. I showed you this last week also. Philippians chapter 4. Verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or, or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. You want to live a kind of life where it seems like as if God is always with you. Where it's like as if you're always seeing the supernatural. He says, think on those things. Think on those things. Think on those things. Think on those things. Let me, let me end this note. Ephesians chapter 5. Five. <laughs> say for you were verse eight. You say for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of life, of light. He says, see you before you were in darkness. Now you need to be in that place that God prefers for you. For the fruit of the light consists in goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Do you see that? And find out what pleases the Lord. So, find out what is pleasing to God. What does God prefer? Find it out. He says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Now says, this is why it is said, wake up, you sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. He says, wake up, you sleeper. Wake up! Wake up to the presence of God that is here. Wake up to the power of God that is here. Don't sleep. He says, rise from the dead. That's why God can be a place and it's as if you are dead to it. God is here and you can be dead to it. He says, wake up from your sleep. Leave Netflix. Leave all those things. Leave your anxieties and your sorrows because that's what actually anxieties and fears do. They actually make you sleep. They make you dead to what you should be awake to. He says, and Christ will shine on you. Verse 15 says, be very careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. 
making the best of every opportunity because the days are evil. Hi. Now says, therefore, you know this whole thing is a is a is a thought. Look at it. Now says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of God is. Don't forget in verse 10, your rest says, find out what pleases the Lord. So when he says, Find out what the will of the Lord is. The will of the Lord here in this context is what pleases God. That means what God prefers for you. Do you understand that? And now telling you that you should be awake so you can know what pleases God, what God prefers for you. Look at what he now says in verse 18. He now says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be what? Filled with the Spirit. So this is how you know what God prefers for you. This is how you set your attention on God. This is how you wake up. This is how you wake up. This is what you do. What you do is that you are you feel you get yourself filled with the spirit. To be filled with the spirit does not mean that the spirit of God is now inside of you. And you now get it and now add. No. What it means is you feel your, your consciousness, feel your mind, get your mind to be present concerning the Holy Spirit. Fill your consciousness with the spirit and things that pertain to the Holy Spirit. Fill your consciousness with him. Don't be drunk with wine. Don't get your mind filled. Don't get your mind intoxicated. Because what intoxication actually does is that it makes you absent-minded. You don't know what is happening around you. You are awake, but you are asleep. And I say, rather, what you should do is you get yourself filled with the Holy Spirit. And I says, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Say, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus. That's what you do. That's how you get your mind to be here. You set your mind on Christ. You fill your consciousness with Christ. You fill your consciousness with the Spirit. And then you sing spiritual songs. As you fill your consciousness with the Spirit, as you fill your consciousness with God, as you fill your consciousness with the presence of God, what happens is that the Holy Spirit begins to pump up and generate um, information. Information that will come out as melody and words. It will come out as hymns. It will come out as spiritual songs. Some will be de novo. That means they'll be new from your spirit. Some will be songs that you already know before that the Lord will bring to your, to your remembrance. And then you sing those songs and it's a positive feedback loop. As you focus on God, those songs and those things are coming. Those things are also ministering words to your mind that will make you to be more aware of the spirit. Hallelujah. And as you are more aware of the spirit, more will come. And as more comes, your mind will be more aware. Hallelujah. Do you understand that? And it goes on and on and on until you are completely filled with God. It is in that place that you, the presence of God, the power of God will be so manifest inside of you. You will see things and it will be clear what the preferred will of God, what pleases the Lord will become, what pleases the Lord concerning you, what will please the Lord concerning the next step you should take will become clear to you. You hear what I'm saying? This thing is not wine, it is real. It will happen to you this morning if you follow. You regard the high priest of our salvation. You get to that place, you will know what pleases the Lord. As you do that more and more, the things that are making you asleep, your anxieties and your fears, it's going to kill them. Because what to do is that it will, it will weaken your inner eye to see yourself as God sees you. To see what God has made available for you. So all those lies, all those spiritual, irrational fears and anxiety, 
all those fears and anxieties that are not based on the word of God, not based on anything real, but based purely on the lies of your flesh and Satan, they will become silent. Do you hear what I just said now? They will become silent. You'll be able to hear them. Hallelujah. See, and let me tell you what you should regard this morning. I want you to regard two things this morning. As we are starting, some of you may not be there, but as you follow us, it will come. Two things I want you to regard this morning. I want you to do like the apostles and the Christians of old. Like this in Acts chapter 4, and the apostles brought this in Ephesians chapter 3, and First Timothy chapter 6. Regard the power of God. Regard the might of God. The Bible says that when they called them and said, we're going to beat you if you talk about the gospel, they said they went back to their company. You know, what they started with, they said, oh God, that created the heavens and the earth, and all that is in it. That's how they started. See, you need to remember that God is not your mate. You need to remember how powerful God is. Because sometimes your anxieties are lying to you, making you forget what God can do and what God cannot do. Ah, you're forgotten. That's why. You need to remember that the God you are talking to is the God of the heavens and the earth. He can do all things. Nothing about you is difficult for him. Nothing in your life is difficult for him. You need to regard Paul got to a point of writing to Timothy. He said, live in a certain way. Live in a certain way. He now says to, he said, I want you to conduct yourself in a certain way. Remember the God who's going to appear at the end. He now says, he's the only, he's the king of kings, the only potentate, the one that dwells in light that no man has seen or one man can ever. And sometimes you need to remember that this God is not your mate. You need to remember that Yeshua is not your mate. You need to remember that Jesus is all powerful. That there's nothing in your life that you cannot do. I need you to do that this morning as we sing. I need you to regard. Regard, contemplate what God can do. Regard what God can do. The second thing I want you to regard as you have been taught is what he has done inside of you. What he has made available for salvation. Jesus is the God that just like Apostle Matthew commented, Comment, you know, he made a comment for our identification. He says, Jesus is the one that when he shows up, he takes away your pains and bears your suffering. Hallelujah. You need to regard what he has done. Wherever Jesus is, wherever he shows up, he takes away pain and suffering. He takes it away. He takes it away. There's no suffering that is too, that is, that is too pointless for him to deal with. People were following him that day and he saw them and saw that they were hungry. He takes away pain and suffering. He said, even up to the level of food, I will multiply food, I will multiply bread, I will multiply bread and fishes for your sake. There's none of your suffering that he's not intentional about. I say God is going to make evidence today that is intentional about you. Are we together? Hallelujah. Regard who God is and regard what he has done. And that is the reason why I'll be taking the communion this morning. That's actually the essence of the communion. The essence of the communion was for you, was for us to remember what he did. He says, do this in remembrance of me. The Bible tells a story in Luke chapter 26 that after Jesus died and rose again, certain disciples were walking on the road to Emmaus. And as they were going on the road to Emmaus, Jesus showed up and said, what is happening? What are you guys talking about? They said, oh, there was this man. There was a mighty prophet. Imagine. A mighty prophet of God that did something. And we thought that he was going to be the deliverance of Israel. And Jesus said, ah, why are you guys so foolish? Then the scriptures already say that this was going to happen. And the Bible says that from all of the Moses and the prophets, he began to show to them everything that happened. Imagine all that Jesus was doing. Preaching from Genesis to Malachi about how that Jesus was supposed to die and resurrect, they did not realize. Their eyes were not open. Their attention were not yet grabbed. They had not yet begun to regard and contemplate. And the Bible says, as they sat down, they said, come inside, let's eat. They sat down and the Bible says, he broke bread and their eyes opened. 
<laughs> he broke bread and their eyes opened. Regarding that Jesus is here. He says, this is my bread and this is my blood. Hallelujah. Please, can we share? First Corinthians chapter 11. Let's get into this. First Corinthians chapter 11. Oh, sing in the spirit under your breath. Sing in the spirit. Sing the spirit. Sing in 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 the spirit. As the as the blood comes to you and as the flesh comes to you, I want you to sing in the spirit. Sing the spirit, sing the spirit, sing the spirit. Your attention should be here with God by now. Your attention should be here now. Regard God Almighty. Regard Jesus. Regard the Holy Ghost. And regard what He's doing inside of you. Oh, 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 I said beginning from today, it is what pleases the Lord that will be happening in your life. In the name of Jesus. Are we ready now? Are we ready now? Are we ready now? Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 11 from verse 23. Apostle Paul speaking. It says, For I received from the Lord, which I also passed on to you, church. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, This is my blood, which is for, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus died and rose again. His body was broken for our sake that God might be inside of us. As you take the bread, remember that Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Come take the bread now. 
You're not just eating bread anymore. You are partaking of the body. Hallelujah. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat his bread and drink his cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Hallelujah. I will take the blood now. Hallelujah. Jesus is here. You don't have to feel it yet, but Jesus is here. 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 Pastor, I'm going to lean on you a lot today. I'm going to lean on you. So can we begin to speak in the spirit now? Can we begin to sing in the spirit now? Can we begin to sing in the spirit now? Whatever posture is convenient for you, now we are regarding him. 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 Now we are contemplating him. Now we are setting our minds on 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 him. Now we're setting our minds on him. Now we're setting our minds on him. I remember all you've done for me. Your perfect sacrifice in victory. I remember all you've done for me. My God, and I worship you today. Oh, yes, I worship you today. Sing cautious. I remember, I remember all you've done for me. Your perfect sacrifice, your perfect sacrifice in victory. Oh, I remember, I remember all you've done for me. Oh my God, I worship you. Worship you. I'll sing it one more time and I want you to consider the Lord as you're saying, come on, come on. Taking it one song, I want you to sing in the spirit now. Regard the Lord, regard the Lord, regard the Lord, regard the Lord. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. For more updates on our programs and audio messages, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, 
and Instagram at This Excellent Church. God bless you.